Lee, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I wasn't going to bring this up, but today we had to close the store two hours early because we didn't have uh, somebody called out sick wow, and we I had nobody that. to fill it. And I was doing this podcast, so I couldn't run in to help. <laughs> so I'm. T- it's, it's a legitimately real thing yeah. where that occasionally does happen. And it's it's truly a thing that can happen to businesses even outside of coffee where it's you can implode from not necessarily yeah a lack of customers but from too many customers and not enough systems or personnel or whatever your particular business is welcome to the daily coffee pro by mapper ford friends i'm your host lee safar and this is episode three of our five-part series with nick kasuf nick we are talking about the challenges of staffing in the coffee industry today. And in today's episode, we want to talk about, in general, the most challenging aspects of running a cafe. Before we deep dive into that, I want to kind of present um, the off-ramp um, and how these, how the staffing issue really does lead into a deeper uh, problem with regards to cafes. I am hearing more and more people in the industry say, it's not that we can't get enough customers. We've got plenty of customers. Business is doing really, really well, and we're scared we're going to end up going out of business because we don't have enough staff to help us run the business. And if that continues, we're going to go out of business. We're not going to be able to service our customers. What are your thoughts on this? Lee, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I wasn't going to bring this up, but today we had to close the store two hours early because we didn't have somebody called out sick wow, and we I had nobody that. to fill it. And I was doing this podcast, so I couldn't run in to help. <laughs> so I'm. T- it's, it's a legitimately real thing yeah. where that occasionally does happen. And it's it's truly a thing that can happen to businesses, even outside of coffee, where it's you can implode from not necessarily yeah. a lack of customers, but from too many customers and not enough systems or personnel or whatever your particular business is. Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. To service those customers, you can basically topple your business if it's, you know, if it's, it's running at an unsustainable pace. And that human labor capital side of things is really, I think, putting a lot of strain on business owners across multiple industries. And you see people closing, not because of necessarily a lack of financial uh, you know, revenue coming in, but a lack of people to sustain the business. And it's it used to be in the day that employees wouldn't work for somebody because they were a shitty employer. That whole landscape has changed now. There are so many more reasons that employees in our industry are not coming to to our industry. It used to be that businesses went out of business because they were running a shitty business. They didn't know how to you know, acquire new customers. They didn't have good marketing plans. They didn't have good pricing structures. They screwed over their suppliers. They were the legitimate reasons that businesses were going out of business 10 years ago. Now there's so many different reasons that businesses could go out of reason. It makes your head want to spin. Yep. 
what are you what are your concerns around something like that as a business owner? My biggest concern is scalability. So we've talked mm. kind of in the past, maybe off air, but you know, I do plan to continue growing the business and uh-huh. want to open a few more locations. But I truly do have a concern that scaling without the proper personnel is is a dangerous and, and very difficult thing to do. Yeah. And it's a legitimately big challenge that we face right now. And it's weird too, because we actually do get quite a few applications and we still have a good influx of people who want to work at our company, but it's just a lot of people don't make it through the vetting process because, and it's not that it's a crazy high bar, but it's just truly when you talk with some people, you have a realization that this person will not last in a high volume cafe because they may indicate to you in their interview that they don't handle stress well or or Mm -hmm. some, some sort of, you know, thing they say that will make make you have that realization like this person would not last in a high volume stressful cafe. For example, one girl I interviewed not long ago said that she got very stressed out if like her room was like out of place or a little bit, you know, messy or disorganized. And I was thinking, man, like the the bar, the espresso bar on like a Saturday <laughs> when you have, you know, 50 tickets lined up and things spilled and things everywhere like that she would go crazy like obviously that's not the right fit so so it's yeah it's challenging to one yeah there are less people who you know want to work maybe in the industry and then two it's at a certain point in your business lifespan you need to be more particular about the type of people you hire so that further limits the pool of you know people you have access to And do you find that, like, we put all this effort, you and I have had many conversations about culture within a cafe and and creating an environment that feels not only safe but also represents the brand so that the customers know exactly what it's about, the staff know exactly what it's about. Where's the line where you have to start compromising that and making decisions about having to let some slippage happen and perhaps onboard people that may not be the right fit? Um, and uh, yeah. Or do you draw I, a hard line? Go on, go on. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. And no, I do not draw a hard line because it is one of those things where you're at this point where you have your staple people, say, who've been with you for a few years and they are the model yeah. employee of what you want for your company's culture. However, they're severely understaffed, they're struggling and you genuinely, you know, I I truly, you know, really love my employees and especially the ones who've been with me a long time and, you know, who I know, like truly care about our company as a whole. And then you're seeing them like dying from being like overworked, understaffed. And then you have this temptation here where this person applies and maybe they don't check every box of like who you would Mm -hmm. like and like the perfect ideal scenario but you're like it's a person it's a body and like it can be some relief to your you know your your struggling employees and so in in that state you're like okay well we'll onboard them we'll bring them on and then you're at this point where you're like did down the line did you make the right decision right like maybe that wrong person has a more negative effect on your, you know, your crew than just letting it struggle through the, the short staffness. Um, 
it's 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 a, it's a hard line to, to know yeah it's a it's a flux point of what do you do it's just it's a constant struggle that that we deal with and it's expensive to onboard people right it's the training and Absolutely. trying to get them into a culture how do you navigate that like how do you make these decisions so i have somebody that does our training now she's mm -hmm. like a uh, one of our kind of former managers she's still kind of a manager and I've been having her do a lot of the interviewing and, and the onboarding. And I, I still meet all the new people before I say yes or no. I don't mm -hmm. necessarily sit through the whole interview with them, but I will. You can get a good idea of people relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I trust trust her opinion on it. And when our when our just kind of uh, feel for those people align, then, you know, we bring them on. And, you know, we have a pretty good, I would say vetting process. I don't know if, you uh -huh. know, we were going to talk about that later, but you yeah. know, I have made some, some tweaks to that and it's been helpful in, in kind of vetting in who we bring in, but having a higher bar means you have less people to work with. And so we continue to struggle with short staffness, but it's just one of those things. It's just the nature of the business. Do you, see and we are going to talk about this in the next episode at length but this is a time to bring it up because I know everybody who's out there listening is like what about technology and what about automation and yes it, like Nick you and I have had conversations about that offline as well over the last couple of years but is there going to get a point where you're going to have to start the integration of automation into your cafe on a more serious level. Absolutely. And we have already begun doing that in mm -hmm. several different facets of the business from the espresso bar to the ordering process. I don't know if you want me to kind of delve yeah, into ahead. it now or, or later. We, but can, we can touch on it a little now. So for example, um, one thing that we dealt with during COVID and the ensuing period of time since then is a huge influx in the desire for like uh phone calling in orders or like you know m like wow. mobile orders essentially um about a year ago maybe a year and a half now i'm not i lost track of time since covid but basically we were getting so many phone orders just constantly in inundated with the phone ringing that we were constantly losing an employee to have to go answer the phone take a wow. take an order and we literally needed a whole employee just to like take phone orders because for whatever reason people didn't want to like come in for long maybe they were like scared of covid or whatever it was so it got to the point where i had to like cut phone orders off on the weekend and then that ended up just causing like a lot of upset customers and mm -hmm. you know all, all these little issues so we integrated like a mobile app we created like an app for our store where people could order ahead and you know pay ahead and that's become like massively popular to where like wow 30% of our daily orders now are just through our mobile app and we like it'll just show up on our POS print us a ticket the baristas prepare it and we set it in our mobile area and a lot of our regulars love it cuz they get to skip the line mm -hmm. but in a way it's automation that has helped us because now it's one less person that we have to ring up in the line and waste like a minute of you know human mm -hmm. time like ringing that order which, I mean, it sounds awful because it sucks. A lot of those people are people we actually want to talk to. There are regulars mm -hmm. who we love. But when you have a line out the door, you know, uh, subtracting five people out of that line because they use the mobile app is, is actually helpful to us in our workflow. So that's, you know, one example of how we've already integrated 
automation or, you know, technology into increasing efficiency. What are the, I mean, that seems like something that is a COVID era kind of, that's something that pushed that new development for innovation in your business because of COVID. That's really. Yeah. And I would have been against that in the past because I've always thought about building my business on hospitality and person to person interaction. And so the idea of a, a mobile app before was, was like completely unacceptable to me, but times you have to change adapt. and you have to pivot. It's just, it's just the reality of, of how things are. It's just one of those realities. What are some of the other challenges that you have had to uh, pivot from or pivot towards post COVID? And again, are there any sorry. supply, are there any supply, for example, the supply chain? Like we know that yeah. that got completely fucked up during yeah. COVID. Were there any, has anything changed with regards to the way that you engage in the supply chain post COVID? Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the supply chain is, is an obvious one. I mean, it's somewhat stabilized in most areas, but I mean, during COVID and even till now, like you have extreme inconsistency of products being in stock things that your vendor should normally have that you order in order to supply your cafe with say like a particular syrup or some sort of product that you use in your drinks may not be in stock, you know, 30% of the time because of whatever supply chain issue that continues to go on. And that leads the burden on the cafe or the brand to be dealing with upset customers because that's their favorite drink. They come in, it's out of stock. You know, it's it's just one of those things that's still to a degree ongoing and it just increases that burden. We we're talking about with cafe owners or the management in order to navigate a constantly shifting inventory of supply from vendors and, and just like, mm-hmm. you know, even even green coffee. You know, you could we dealt oh, yeah. with green coffee shortages last year or the year before. It's there's always for us, we have a kitchen, so we deal with avocado shortages and we people can't get their avocado toast. So there's all these different co-founding factors of things that you need to keep in stock and you know ready to serve to your customers. And when they're not there, you you can lose customers. You get employees taking a beating from customers yelling at them because they're yeah, you know, maybe you know, most of our customers are great. They don't they won't actually yell, but you know, you're still dealing with an upset customer and eye you know, rolling toll and on all that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, so when when we look at like the challenging things of running a cafe, we, we've talked about staffing, we've talked about supply chain and, and the need for technology. One thing we haven't talked about is the cost of living crisis. Are you noticing that as your costs go up and as your challenges get steeper, if you increase your prices, what is – how is how are your customers relating to that? I think that question is perhaps difficult for me to answer because it may be area dependent and okay. where our cafes are located, they're in I would say affluent more, areas. Yeah, like a middle to you know upper class area where people may not be quite as price sensitive. Of mm-hmm. course, some of our demographic is we have a lot of college students and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But to a degree, I found not too much pushback from having to raise prices. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, we, you know, we've adjusted prices with inflation steadily over the last couple of years. It's, mm-hmm. it's just one of those unfortunate things. Our costs doubled on many things. Mm-hmm. So you have to raise prices or you just, you go out of business, just one yeah. of those things. Uh, but I haven't had too much pushback, but that's anecdotal. Again, I don't know, like at a broader mm-hmm. spectrum, how that's affecting people. I think, I think there's no doubt that just inflation in general will be burdensome on everybody. I mean, now $7 a gallon for gas is undoubtedly going to have an effect on our business and mm-hmm. what people can afford. And and housing, as you alluded to, is is insane where we are. It's just extremely expensive for like a one bedroom apartment. You could be paying $2,500, you know, just depending That's where you wild. are. It's just, yeah. So, and, and wages have not risen in proportion to inflation over the last couple decades so people are extremely underpaid relative to the cost of living at least in california yeah especially in california like the minimum wage is still 15 it's 15.50 now um there was recently a a labor union kind of formed for fast food workers um where now minimum wage for them is like 20 or 21 dollars an hour for fast food workers wow um, yeah, and that applies specifically to stores that have like over 60 stores or s- some number. Okay. I I'm, I'm, might be butchering the exact numbers, but it, it's tailored towards bigger companies. But of course, that's going to have industry-wide ramifications because mm-hmm. now smaller shops, you know, have to compete. Like, why work at a cafe and get paid when 16 when you could work at McDonald's and get 21? Yeah. But what you're going to see is you're not going to be able to get a job at McDonald's because they've already began replacing people with screens where you just order on the screen and they have one cook in the back that, you know, flips the burgers. So it's the, the attempt to kind of mitigate the lower wages is just further driving the advent of automation. And you're going to just further, you know, throw our workplace, the economy. Oh yeah. It's going to create chaos. Yeah. This is the perfect point for us to um, head into the next episode because in the next episode, folks, we're going to talk about the relationship between automation and human labor and what role that's going to play. Well, what role it's playing now in the minds of business owners because I don't know a single business owner that's not thinking about it given all the stresses that they're under and we're in a deep phase of transition into how much uh, you know, do you have 50% of the work that's done in your cafe being done by automation and technology or do you have more or less than that? So join us for the next episode where we uh, explore this. Please love and peanut butter, everybody. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.